Welcome to Culture Coach, a podcast with me, Nikki Lerner, helping you to engage in a proactive movement towards unity and understanding as it relates to culture and come from. Thanks for joining me today. You ready to go? Let's get started. Hey, thanks again so much for listening. You know, I wanted to create a space each week where you and I can learn about different cultures and come froms in a safe, non-threatening, non-embarrassing environment. I hope you enjoy this podcast. For more creative resources and ideas, you can engage with me at NikkiLearner.com. everybody. I'm so glad to be able to be with you today. Thanks for listening. Today is part two of a teaching that I've been sharing with you. Last week, um, I shared part one with you talking about challenges for people who are stepping into multicultural leadership. So if you missed it last week, you might want to go back and check that out. And then today is part two of that teaching where I, um, what I'm sharing with you is a real-time client interaction that I had, a teaching that I did. And today I'm sharing with you about the practices of multicultural leaders. So enjoy. Don't forget to connect with me at NikkiLearner.com. There's a lot of resources. There's a way to watch some videos, see what I'm up to. Um, but uh, engage this week, and I hope that what you hear uh, helps you in your work and in your life towards your journey. Okay, have a good one and enjoy. So let me share with you a handful of practices. All right, and then I want to engage with you and hear what you're thinking, um, share with each other around some of these things. All right, so. Um, practices. Let, let me just give you a little bit of context around practice. Any change that you want to see around diversity, uh, around creating uh, spaces, a workplace, a workforce that is more understanding, uh, more accepting, more curious, more honoring with each other, it happens by compound practice. That's it. It's not event oriented. Uh, It's not, you know, we'll take a look at the policies in February. Uh, It's not those things, right? It's not, it's not, we had international day, so that works. You know, it's not that. Those things are great. But really what makes the change is compound practice, just like investing. That's why I say people don't invest financially, right? Because most people don't understand Uh, the stock market and can't see that if you keep putting little by little by little over a course of time, then you have what you want, right? You have the change that you want. It's the same thing with diversity work. It's compound practice. All right. So these things, think about compounding these things every day, every week while you're at work. All right. So the first practice of a multicultural leader is hospitality hospitality. People who work well cross-culturally are people who are always looking how to extend hospitality to one another. And a lot of times, uh, the best way to extend hospitality to each other is through greeting. Now, this is going to sound like a really, like, why are we talking about saying hello? But I'm going to tell you now, 
that I see more breakdown happen in greetings or lack of greetings between people of different cultures. It's amazing. The breakdown starts to happen in the first five minutes because culturally and even generationally, I'm finding that we view, we can view just saying hello or greeting people very differently. Um, I know am I come from uh, as a black American, you know, when I grew up, um, there was just a, a thing. My grandmother told me all the time that, you know, you speak to people, you always speak, <laughs> you know, and sometimes if you've been around enough, you know, grandmas and aunties, you know, you and you see little kids and they may say, they may look at the kid and say, did you speak? And that's very cultural. For us, it's very cultural to speak. In fact, I was sharing with a, with a group yesterday and I said, you know, if you notice, if you're not part of African-American culture and, um, and if you're not around a lot of people sometimes, just watch. Notice that whenever people are out, we speak to each other, whether we know each other or not. And it could just be, hey, how you doing? Or just, <laughs> right? But we, we speak because, I mean, my goodness, hospitality and greeting is so easy everybody's got the resource everybody's got access to it you don't need a certain education to give a greeting everybody can do it everybody's got that gift to give it right and what happens is just by the, the extension of hospitality through greeting that you put everybody's on equal footing as soon as you say hello, because you've acknowledged the presence of people in a room. And from, for a lot of cultural come froms, that's what that means. It's a sign of respect. It's a sign of, I see you as a human being that you just walked into the room. And so you can imagine then if other cultures don't put quite as much weight on that, that first five minutes, people can say something like, well, why didn't that person like me? Because that's how people can interpret it if there's no hospitality, if there's no greeting and there's no acknowledgement. And that person, maybe the person didn't, didn't say hello or didn't speak, might love that person, <laughs> right? <laughs> might think the, the world of that person, but because there wasn't an extension of hospitality, in that moment, when somebody just walked into the office for the first time, right? The relationship starts to break down. The trust starts to break down. And that's before anybody has ever had an argument or misunderstanding or anything. So when in doubt, be hospitable. See people, like really see people when they walk into rooms, when they jump on Zoom calls, when they, you know, engage even if it's just a hello because it will save you every single time in a cross-cultural environment um you know learn the cultural come froms of people there at work right um different african cultures have a way that they like to greet i remember my first trip to kenya and uh the person i was with said just so you know you gotta know that when people come to the room they're gonna say hello to every person in the room. So that's that's the custom, is when you enter the room, just make sure you don't ignore anyone, right? And so where it's different than black American, where I was just like, speak to the person in front of you, 
Af- that African culture said, no, you speak to everyone as a sign of respect, right? Asian cultures, same way. Uh, there is a, a colleague of mine, the first time that I met him, he's younger than me, by the way. And the first time that I met him, before we even had a conversation, he asked me how old I was. And I was like, excuse me? <laughs> like, don't you know? That's not, you know, right? But here's the thing, right? He couldn't tell how old I was. Because <laughs> that's my people, right? Like, you know, he couldn't tell. My, my grandmother, who's 94, by the way, looks like she's 32. It's crazy, all right? But he couldn't tell how old I was. But because in his culture, he was he's a Korean-American. And in Korean-American culture, in his culture, it was very important for him to know how old I was so that he could then know how to greet me appropriately. Because if I'm older than him, there's a certain way that he greets me. There's a certain way that he responds to me. There's a certain um, responsibility that he has now because I'm older than him versus if I'm his peer. So that's a cue to him on how to engage with me. So think about this as, you know, there's so much to learn, y'all. There's so much to learn about the, the come froms from other people. And all this can happen just in the practice of hospitality. I mean, talk about a plan for the next 30 days. See how you can be hospitable to people you work with every single day for the next 30 days and see how that might change some of your work relationships. That could be, that could be a good practice. All right, here's another practice for you. Um, empathy. Empathy. Multicultural leaders, diverse leaders, practice empathy. And it is a practice. And it's okay if you're not great at it. <laughs> you know, like it's okay if it's not natural for you, if empathy is not natural, because it is a skill that you can learn and you can get better at. And really, how you get better at empathy is to continue to ask yourself the question, I wonder how that feels. That's it. I wonder how that feels. Because if we don't lean in that way with each other cross-culturally, then we're always looking at the, the lived experience of other people. And if it's not like ours, we don't ha- we oftentimes don't have any consideration for them but if we want to develop empathy no matter what it is asking the question i wonder how that feels will help you develop the skill of empathy or if you want to go one step deeper if someone at work uh, is sharing a story with you about a lived experience that's different than yours and you want to engage with them you don't have to but if you want to Ask them, how did that make you feel? Ask them that. Rather than, you know, what we tend to do, which is, well, you know, I don't think that's true because, you know, that hasn't happened to me. It's the easiest way to shut down a conversation. Tell people why what they're experiencing is not real. <laughs> that's, not, that's not empathy. All right. The, the great thing I love about empathy is 
Empathy doesn't require you as an individual to let go of your own lived experience or the way you see the world or your belief system. It doesn't ask you to do that. All it does is to ask you to make room for the lived experience of the person that you're with. That's it. That's why I love empathy, right? Empathy is not saying, well, I believe this, so you need to believe this or we can't be friends. That's not empathy, right? Empathy is holding space for a lot of times two completely different, you know, opposing viewpoints and being able to just say, I wonder how that feels. All right. So that, that is a practice of a multicultural leader. Here's another practice. One of my favorites, but hard people over preservation, people over preservation. I'll give you an extreme example. I was on the phone, a coaching call with a leader yesterday and he leads a nonprofit organization. And he said, he said, I'm gonna tell you something that I wouldn't tell my employees. He said, but I'm willing for this whole organization to go down to value people and doing the right thing over preserving the structure of this nonprofit. I mean, he said, I'm willing to make all the changes necessary that serve people first and have everybody be like, no, I'm sorry, this organization is too kind. I don't want to work here. (laughs) You know, this organization is way too compassionate. I'm out. Right. He said, "I'm, I'm willing to have that this entire thing fall to the ground, knowing that I did the right thing in just seeing people and valuing people. That's people over preservation. (laughs) Because a lot of times we don't make movement in the area of diverse work because we're trying to preserve what has been. And I get it. I mean, it's, it's risky and it can be risky a lot of times, but multicultural leaders see the person first and then try to figure out, okay, what actually needs to be preserved? Because some things, quite frankly, we got to let go of if they're not serving us. But what does need to be preserved? And then what's the best way to do that? But they think of the people first. What's best for our people first? All right. And then here's another practice for you. Multicultural leaders hold a multiplicity of viewpoints. Practicing a multiplicity of viewpoints. And I mentioned this before that you really can hold two opposing ideas in your brain and not have your head explode. <laughs> you really can. Um, I'm at, we are beautifully designed creatures, human beings, and our brains are ridiculously amazing, right? And what they can do, and they can certainly hold this, right? You can hold two different viewpoints of the world yours and the person you're talking to. You can hold them at the same time while practicing hospitality and empathy, right? You can. Somebody that has a different uh, political view than you, you can hold two different things, right? Now, what I'm, let me tell you what I'm not talking about. I'm not talking about things that are um, detri- like physically 
psychologically harmful detrimental. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking, that's, that's over here. I'm talking about just our normal communications, right? If somebody's showing up to work and is aggressive and abusive with you, don't hold those viewpoints. <laughs> All right. I'm just talking about normal conversation, everyday conversation. Okay. Um, but we can hold that together. All right. And then the last practice, and I want to hear from you is humility. Multicultural leaders practice humility. One of the hardest things to do as a leader of diverse peoples is to uh, resist the temptation to centralize your own culture and come from. It's the hardest thing to do. Um, because then you, you sort of start to become only focused on what you need, what your culture group needs, what, you know, again, that's kind of preservation a bit, right? But a, a leader that is practicing humility um, is willing to be curious about things, wonder when they're wrong, um, and be willing to learn something new from somebody that's not like them. Uh, a new way of being, a new, uh, a new way of working, a new leadership style, um, leaders also willing to receive feedback if they've done something wrong or inappropriate cross-culturally a humble leader is able to say you know what thank you for telling me that can you help me how could i do that better next time that's humility that's humility but it's a practice like anything else just remember that these are practices compounding practices to move you towards what you really want the change you want to want all right hey thanks so much for making the time to listen if you like the insight today tell your friends and be part of the newsletter at nikkilearner.com remember it takes that first decision to realize your vision for a more generous multicultural life i'll see you next week